Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for coming back to another edition of the Ages of Revival podcast. You know, we are in a new series called Jesus People. Yeah, all around the world, stand up, let it be known, let it be known. <laughs> That's um, some lyrics from the Danny Goki song called Jesus People. So if you haven't heard that, definitely go check it out. Um, but today's message that God gave me, y'all, we're at part five of the series. And it's called Acceleration of Restoration. Ooh, yes, child. God is saying, I'm accelerating you towards restoration, y'all. So before I dive into this work, we have a lot to cover. I want to say a quick prayer, and then we're going to get into this thing. Spirit of the living God, thank you for this opportunity to give a word to my brothers and my sisters. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. May I be decreased in this moment, Heavenly Father. So that you may be increased so that when I speak people hear a word from you Heavenly Father and less of me Lord continue to order every single one of our steps you know what each person is going through you know the carries excuse me you know the cares and the burdens that they carry Heavenly Father and so God we place them at your feet and I pray and and declare on behalf of my brothers and my sisters listening that you are taking it up God and they do not have to worry about the issues anymore for you have already ordered their steps you already have put a plan in place to deliver them from those things to accelerate what's going on in their life so that it is no more or so that they get to their next level of destiny thank you heavenly father for being a caring father thank you holy spirit for guiding us being our helper and our advocate every step of the way thank you jesus for dying on the cross and for being our savior and our lord we give you all the glory all the honor all the praise we keep enough for ourselves in jesus name we pray amen all right guys so today's topic of acceleration of restoration actually again y'all came from a moment where i've been studying um just trying to understand the new uh level of assignments the new mantle that god has placed on me and how i'm meant to show up in this season of um just in, in this season and so one of the things that um, stood out to me was, I talked about before of God telling me that I'm in a usual acceleration. I'm in, as my Todd calls it, the bamboo season. And I'm like, wow, okay. So I've been trying to understand, like, what does that mean? And, and how fast is it going to show up? Because, you know, you ever be in church, you hear or watching a sermon or something online like I have. And you hear the pastor say, it's going to happen just like that. And they snap their fingers and it's like, okay. Whew. And so you think you know maybe maybe it's just me i don't know <laughs> it might be some of you that agree with me but for me you know sometimes just the inner child of me thinks like okay like bippity boppity boop <laughs> you know <laughs> like the disney movie with cinderella like okay it's gonna happen just like that and so i'll be looking around i'm like okay uh where, where, where is it at it didn't happen yet and one thing that my spiritual mentor told me a few months ago was that this may be your season or this may be your time but that's but this doesn't necessarily excuse me why that was just i haven't coming out but anyway doesn't necessarily mean 
that the time is at this particular hour. It just means that this is the season. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so then when I was doing my studies and I was hearing the prophet say that, you know, you're in unusual acceleration. He was saying that understand this is the season that you're in. So piggybacking off of what my mentor said of like, this is the season that you're in. It doesn't necessarily mean, I don't know why they were giving me a hard time today. <laughs> but I can laugh about a child. You can laugh with me. Anywho. It doesn't mean that it's the exact time on the clock of like right now, like bibbidi bobby boop, poof, it's just going to magically happen. It means that miraculously it's going to happen so fast in this season of your life and God's timing, which is this season of your life, that is going to be just, it's, it's going to seem like, wow, it happened overnight. And so uh, God gave me this particular scripture that we're going to discuss today. And it's a bit of a lengthy scripture, so I'm going to take a sip of tea, y'all, real quick. <laughs> I mean, literal tea, not like what society say tea. Because tea, I got some honey in my peppermint tea, and it helps me. Uh, and then I'm going to get into reading the scripture that God gave me. And so if you want to go turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 30, that's where I'm going to start. And you know I'm always reading from the New Living Translation. So again, that's 1 Samuel chapter 30, starting at the first verse. Mm. Woo! Thank you, God, for tea. <laughs> okay, so this uh, particular text talks about it's continuing to follow David, who's not yet king of all of Israel, but he's king of a particular tribe of people. I believe it's um, just king of the tribe of Judah, I, I believe it is. Um, but they were split off at that time. And so you still have to read for Samuel. It, it documents everything. And you know that at that time, Samuel is very crucial. The prophet Samuel at that time to anoint the first king and then the second king. So the first king was Saul. And then Saul disobeyed God. We talked about it before uh, in this podcast season of season two. So you just got to go back and listen to it. I forgot which episode that was. But you can also go read the Bible <laughs> of first Samuel. And so since he disobeyed God, Saul, uh, God basically removed his hand from Saul and said, I'm going to choose a new king that's going to be a man after my own heart. And so that's when David enters into the mix. I believe that's 1 Samuel, either 13 or 15, David enters into the mix and he's anointed the king. Uh, but even though he's anointed king, it doesn't mean that he has the actual throne yet. He just has the mantle placed on him, but has to go through a season of development. And so in this season of development is where we find David a little bit towards the end, right before he's about to be crowned king of Israel and given the throne. This is when Saul dies. But in this particular uh, chapter that we're going to read, you're going to see how David, um, you know, throughout the entire first Samuel, there's different series ever since David had been anointed king where um Saul had gotten jealous of David you know God sent um Saul a tormenting spirit and and so it, it caused Saul to then lash out at David and try to kill David and so throughout a lot of first Samuel you read time and time again how Saul continues to try to kill David and so David has to always be not only on the run but also on guard um, but because of the way he's carried himself and because God has placed his 
anointing of kingship on him, it attracts men to want to join him in the fight and become his army. And so this is where we're going to pick up at 1 Samuel 30. We're kind of like on their journey where it's been a long journey. Uh, like I said, I think he got anointed the kingship in um, in chapter 13. But I think it's about a good 13 to 15 years, I believe, that um, between when he got anointed and then when he was out to get on the throne. So it was a long time in terms of some, you know, God giving you the position or giving you the anointing rather, but didn't give you the position yet. It's like somebody telling you that you have an inheritance, but you can't have it just yet. <laughs> so you got to wait until the person dies to get your inheritance. And you like, oh, okay. So first you think when you heard about it, that it might be right away. And then you realize, oh no, it's some time that's going to go by before you get that mantle of inheritance. And so this is where we find david right before he gets the mantle of inheritance of the kingship of the entire nation of all the israelites so starting at first samuel 30 um starting at the first verse three days later when david and his men arrived home at their town of ziklag they found that the amalekites had made a raid into the nahab and ziklag they had crushed ziklag and burned it to the ground they had carried off the women and children and everyone else but without killing anyone when David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning David. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought it. Then David asked, asked the Lord, Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, Yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out, and they came to the brook Besor. But 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the pursuit with 400 men. Along the way, they found an Egyptian man in a field and brought him to David. They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins, for he hadn't had anything to eat or drink for three days and nights. Before long, his strength returned. To whom do you belong and where do you come from? David asked him. I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite. He replied, my master abandoned me three days ago because I was sick. We were on our way back from grading the Carathites and the Nahab, the territory of Judah and the land of Caleb, and we had just burned Ziklag. Will you lead me to this band of raiders? David asked. The young man replied, If you take an oath in God's name that you will not kill me or give me back to my master, then I will guide you to them. So he led David to them, and they found the Amalekites spread out across the fields eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines in the land of Judah. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout that night and the entire day until evening. None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter nor anything else that had been taken david brought everything back 
He also recovered all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. This plunder belongs to David, they said. And so I wanted to read this particular scripture because as I was speaking to God about acceleration of restoration and like what what does that look like? What does that mean? I was reminded of this particular scripture because as you see in the text that though the enemy seemed to come in the middle of the night, though the enemy seemed to just take everything and left them in ruin, left them destroyed, left them heartbreaking, excuse me, heartbroken, left them just feeling so terrible, so defeated. David had to go to the father to get guidance and wisdom and strategy on how to attack the enemy. Enters in, there I say, the guy, the guard, in a sense, of this Egyptian that said, I can lead you exactly to your destiny. I can lead you exactly to where you have to go. And so we see that he leads them right into where the enemy is. And he takes back everything that um, that the enemy had stolen. You know, and um, this reminds me, actually, of a, a story that, another story that we're going to read, which is Second Kings chapter 8 and it's called the woman from Shunem returns home the woman from Shunem returns home I might be saying that you know incorrectly so y'all forgive me uh, but we're going to discuss this because here's another time where restoration was given to a person that deserved it and so Elisha told the woman whose son he had brought back to life Take your family and move to some other place for the Lord has called for a famine on Israel that will last for seven years. So the woman did as the man of God instructed. She took her family and settled in the land of the Philistines for seven years. After the famine ended, she returned from the land of the Philistines and she went to see the king about getting back her house and land. As she came in, the king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. The king had just said, tell me some stories of about the great things Elisha the prophet has done and Gehazi was telling the king about the time Elisha had brought a boy back to life at that very moment the mother of the boy walked in to make her appeal to the king about her house and land look my lord the king Gehazi exclaimed here is the woman now and this is her son the very one Elisha brought back to life is this true the king asked her and she told him the story so he directed one of his officials to see that everything she had lost was restored to her, including the value of any crops that had been harvested during her absence. I love the particular scripture text that God has been using today because it, it gave some more clarity of acceleration of restoration. What does that mean? That means that God is saying today, I'm going to restore everything that was taken from you. I know that at the time it, when it was taken, it left you defeated. It left you um, disheveled you were distraught about everything that was taken from you but God said the enemy cannot keep your stuff I have assigned a particular time like with this woman even like with David I've assigned a time where I will give you the strength and a strategy that you need to go back and get your stuff understand that faith without works is dead so we can't just think that we're going to you know stand and just click our heels three times and the miracle is going to come to us Yes, sometimes God will send a miracle your way without you doing much work, but most times it still requires some form of work. I talked about before about the children of Israel and the walls of Jericho falling down. Had they not been obedient to do what the instruction of the Lord said, which was walk around 
the walls of Jericho and not speak during the six days and the seventh day with a loud shout and during those times the ram horn uh, blowing had they not done the little work that God told them to do they would have not gotten the victory same thing with David had he not listened to the father when the father said you will get your stuff back go and get it he would never got his stuff back they would have just sat there in defeat same thing with this woman even though the prophet had you know given her directions that will keep her during the time of famine during the time of testing had she not decided to go back to the king and then tell her story what i was telling you all about revelations 12 11 tell her story she would have never got her stuff back the king wanted to know what her story was but if she would have chose to be closed mouths because what she been through and and what she encountered and and the pain of her past was just too much she would have never got her stuff back and not only did he give her stuff back but he also gave her interest on top of what was taken from her what am i saying to you today i'm saying that god has a particular appointed time where he says i will restore the years it says in isaiah um excuse me not isaiah joel 2 25 to 27 the Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locust, the hopping locust, the stripping locust, and the cutting locust. It was as if, excuse me, it was I who sent this great destroying army against you. Once again, you will have all the food you want, and you will praise the Lord your God who does these miracles for you. Never again will my people be disgraced. Then you will know that I am among my people, Israel, that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other there is no other never again will my people be disgraced this says um basically that god will restore the years so though the enemy may have came and taken some things from you though you may have felt defeated after the the winds of just the tornado in a sense just came and, and went through your life and you went into a wilderness season like I went through, like Joe went through in the Bible. And it just seemed like everything came crashing down around you or the enemy came and stole so much from you. And it caused you so much heartache and grief and pain. You have to understand that God is saying today, I am doing exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think i am accelerating the time i am accelerating your restoration process so just like with these stories that i told you about you may think that it's going to take a long time but just like the children of israel and the walls of jericho it was seven days with uh david it was a few days to just go and get his stuff from um from the amalekites uh, just like this woman, yes, it was seven years of, we know that seven is the number of completion in the Bible, but she came back to get her stuff and she got basically double for her trouble. It may seem like it's going to take a long time, but God is saying, I am accelerating time so that you can get your stuff back. I know it was a season that I've taken you through a hardship. I took you through a testing, but it was to prune some things out of you so that you would come out refining uh, out of the refiner, excuse me, purified as gold, better than gold even, in Christ Jesus, needing absolutely nothing. But he will still make the enemy pay for attacking you, make the enemy pay for taking your stuff. But you got to be willing to get up and do the work. I remember when I went through my wilderness season and, and I lost so many people and I lost so many things and, and some people died. And yes, 
I, I know that God's not going to restore them back to me in the way of bringing them back to life. No, that's not what he means. But he means that, yes, you may have lost these people that were key figures in your life. But I am bringing back other people that will fill the void that they once filled that is missing in your life. I'm going to bring back uh, joy into your life. I'm going to bring back friendships because when I went into my wilderness season I lost a lot of friends because what I realized was there were a lot of people in my life like with David they were only there at a certain point of time they were only able to fight with me up until a certain point of time they were only able to celebrate with me and kick it with me until a certain point of time but when things got even more difficult even more harder or when it seemed like the attacks that were on me were coming on them they fled they were they realized they were too tired too exhausted like we learned in the story of david and they were like i just i can't go no further and i had to be like okay fine and keep going on but what i love about the end of david of this particular text if you go read it in first samuel the end of the text doesn't end with David coming back and saying, Nan and the boo-boo, I got my stuff, but, you know, deuces to you. No, David gave them back their stuff too. Even those that got tired or weary or didn't want to go on the journey. He had enough integrity to say that though the enemy meant it for harm, God meant it for good. And I have no heaven and hell to put you in. And so I have to be obedient to God and know and trust that that. Uh, morally speaking, I'm meant to give you your stuff back. Even though you didn't go fight with me. I have to understand that you are you must have been fighting your own battle internally. Because I talked about at the beginning of this season. That we have to understand that we are not fighting against people. But against spirits and principalities. That's why it's not personal. It's spiritual. And so a lot of times some people can't go on the journey with you. Because either they weren't meant to go that far with you. Or they were tired. They were exhausted fighting their own battles. They had went up to a point with you along the way, but like boosters on a rocket, they eventually had to fall off so that you can go higher. But when you go higher and you come back down like a rocket that's come back into orbit, you have to come back down and then tell the story so that somebody else can get blessed, so that somebody else can see, oh, wow, you made it. I can try myself. If the astronauts that went up like Armstrong that went up, and came back down and never told the story. We wouldn't have a, a lineage of astronauts right after Neil that said, I want to do it. I want to try. I think I can do it. You wouldn't have a generation of people that dreamt about being astronauts. It's important to tell your story. That's why I had to read the woman in Kings. Because had she not told her story, the king would have never given her back her stuff. Even though you had Gehazi, which was Elisha, the prophet's assistant. Even though you had him telling her story, it's not enough for somebody else to tell your story. Because they're going to tell it in their own way and they weren't there. And even if they were there, they're telling it from their perspective. You got to tell your story from your perspective because it is your truth. Nobody can tell you how you felt at that time that you went through something. Nobody can tell you what you were thinking at that time when you were going through something. But you can. You got to tell your story. Telling your story is not to shame you. It's so that the king can give you back your stuff. That the king can recognize how much the enemy has taken from you and how I need to punish the enemy. But as long as you keep your mouth closed from your story, from your testimony, and you don't free yourself. Or when the king asks you what happened to you and you don't want to tell what you've been through, closed mouths don't get fed. You will not be fed. You will not get back double for your trouble. You will not 
see exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think because you have chosen to be quiet when the king is asking you what did the enemy do to you how did the enemy uh, attack you be willing to follow the guard as he's leading you i talked about before in the vision that god gave me you have to be willing to trust that the guard ahead of you that's asking you or that's telling you to take the leap of faith to jump to go this way he knows where he's taking you it's the gps the good positioning shepherd he knows where he's taking you you don't so you you can't even try to figure out how or what they're thinking or whatnot you just got to be obedient to just go to the king and ask for your stuff back go to the king and pray should i like like david should i go and fight the enemy will you be with me should i go and get my stuff back will you be with me and then wait for a response because if god doesn't give you a response don't go this is the season this is the time i don't think this word is just for me i believe it's for somebody else out there for many of you out there where god is saying this is your season your time of acceleration of restoration he wants to restore the years that the enemy took from you the years that just seem to be decaying and and that were devoured around you the years that you went through wilderness the years that you went through heartache and pain the years that you that you had more sorrow than joy he wants to give you beauty for ashes but you have to understand that and the way that he's moving is not going to be the way you're used to it's not going to be the way he moved in somebody else's life he's going to move in a different way that's why to give you different scenarios because each time it was particular strategies it was particular instructions for those people at that time and so back to me when i was hearing this and i was listening to it it was okay yes this is my season of unusual acceleration it was understanding that how am i to move in this season and so i asked god you know how should i move and god said i've already given you the answer but i thank him that he also confirmed it through the prophet that i was studying under that said to me god is saying that in this season he's giving you rest and y'all know our word for 2023 for agents of revival is rest and follow God. So I knew that that was God reminding me in that moment. This is your strategy. Your strategy is to rest and follow me. Where I move, you move just like that. <laughs> you know, that's what God is saying to me today. And he's maybe saying the same thing for some of you out there. And even if that's not your word of rest and follow God, then you got to go to the Father and pray and ask God, what is my word? How should I show up? What is the strategy needed to go get my stuff back? Because I know you're going to make the enemy pay for everything he put me through. Baby, you did not go through hell on earth for you to stay in hell on earth. God says, I am taking you higher. I want to do exceedingly abundantly in your life. I want to make the enemy pay for ever dare choosing to attack you, ever choosing to harm you ever choosing to take things from you but you got to be obedient to not only tell your story but then follow the instructions god gives you follow the strategy that god gives you if i was to choose in this moment to be disobedient which i'm not but if i was to choose to be disobedient in this moment or had david been disobedient to not go when god told him to go or had um even the lady not chosen to go back to the king like she was told had you not taken the instruction you'd have never gotten your stuff back even with me if i was to never chosen to take the sabbatical at the beginning of this year first of all i probably wouldn't have the energy i have today to minister to you hello somebody and i, I wouldn't be able to work at the level that god has me working at it's understanding that even even with the things that he has on my plate and it's a lot y'all 
<laughs> I can't tell you everything right now, but it's a lot. But God is saying, but I've given you a season of rest. And rest isn't always just about sleep. That's part of it, yes, because we need to be rejuvenated in sleep. But rest is also just about being at ease, being being in a calming state, knowing that you don't have to worry about anything. God will take care of it. Do your part to do your work in the assignment. Partner with the Holy Spirit in that way. But then the other stuff that you can't handle, that's light work for Jesus. You got to just leave it up to the Father and trust that he is going to take the will and do what he needs to do in his own time. This is your season of acceleration, of restoration. The enemy got to give you back everything he took from you. It's not going to come in the exact same way. So don't look for it to come in the exact same way. Because some of you, like me, have lost some people. They've died. You won't see them until, until the second coming of Jesus. But you have to understand that for right now, God's going to replace what was lost. So for some of you, you may have lost a spouse and, or, or a fiance or something. And God is saying, okay, I'm going to bring that around. You're going to find new love again. Some of you could have been like me where you lost friendships. And God says again, I'm going to bring that back around. I'm going to bring a new relationship again. I'm going to bring new friendships your way. Some of you may have lost family members. You may have lost a mother, a father, a daughter, a sister, a, you know, whatever. And God is saying, okay, I can't, I, I may not replace that in the way you think. So for some of you, if, you, if you've lost children and maybe you may be your be maybe past your childbearing years god says okay but i'm going to bring somebody who could be your spiritual child who you can pour into or he may put on your heart to adopt you know there's so many children out here that need adoption Wh whatever i mean i can go down the list of how god will bring it back but you have to trust that this is your season your time to get back everything the enemy took from you god is doing a restoration work in your heart in your body in your mind in your life some of you have been through sickness and disease like i went through like the enemy attacked my body but now i'm in such a more healthier place than i've ever been before heck i could say now i think i'm healthier than i was before the before the season started before the wilderness started hello thank you jesus because he says, I'm doing a new thing. And when I restore you, you come out better than ever. Better than ever, excuse me. You come out not even smelling nor looking like the smoke you went through. He gives you beauty for ashes. So, I pray this message stirs your faith and that you were able to receive something from it. Pray to the Father to find out your strategy, your word of the year um, for your life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord of God be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you shalom, give you his peace. Take care. Bye now.